recording us. Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, uh, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. It's very early where John is, so he may have morning voice. So uh, brace your ears for his sexy morning voice, (laughs) um, coated with caffeine. Uh, My name is Dylan. Uh, That's pleasing baritone is John Gillen. And this is a mini episode where we talk about uh, basically very specific topics within the world of guitars and guitar improvement. And in this case, guitar effects. Uh, Our last two mini episodes were all about uh, delay and reverb and basically going into a very brief discussion about what makes those effects so special and, you know, examples of pedals we liked examples of guitarists that use them so we're going to try something very similar this time around but with the world of pitch shifting now it's a very big umbrella term wouldn't you agree john yeah especially considering where we're starting so a little teaser there yeah so i mean okay so throwing it out there as like a topic because pitch shifting like it's it's not something that i've really explored in terms of my own guitar playing um, I've never been able to justify forking out for a whammy pedal, mm-hmm. which is, you know, <laughs> I was just like, someday I will. I just, you know, but it's just with the, you know, I think my first introduction to what an actual pitch shifted guitar sound sounded like was um, probably the Rage Against the Machine Killing in the Name solo. That's probably one of the most famous examples. Yeah. And then maybe two years later, when seven nation army came out and that was like oh it's a bass it's not a bass and you know that whole Mm -hmm. debate between guitar players and so as it was with you because you go back a little bit further than i do and you're a bit more uh experienced within like different genres of music when you hear pitch shifting within the world of guitar what what do you think of I mean, a lot of the same stuff. Like, it's the Digitech whammy pedal is kind of just the first thing that you think of. But when we're talking about pitch shifting, really what we're getting at is, as you said, a very wide umbrella. So we're looking at things like an octaver, you know, like that's really where this whole thing starts. It starts with yeah. uh, Hendrix back in the 60s, you know, the the earliest versions of this are really just how do we kind of do that octave up octave down kind of effect so yeah um obviously you've got that classic octave pedal from hen that hendrix has used that he's known for um as well as and then you get a few other people jimmy page you know uses the mxr blue box um on things like fool in the rain that's a pretty early example of that so you know those are those are the the origins of all this those you know those of us who are a little bit younger think about this whammy pedal because it was such a big deal in the music in the mid to late 90s that it's kind of hard to avoid and then it becomes such a part this this idea of the shifted octave or shifted pitch that um you mentioned Jack White, that Jack White is using. So, you know, the sound, you know, yeah, which is essentially yeah. like it's, it's just, it's like a bizarro version of the, the Hendrix, the octave fuzz. It's just mm-hmm. that, but it's so much more. It's more of like a wall of sound, making it sound like it's two or three guitars playing the exact same thing at the exact same time. Yeah. And I mean, you also have bands like Korn, you know, Korn are really known for their really heavy, low end kind of detuned guitars. But usually one of the guitarists will play the big chuggy riffs and the other one will play something quite high, uh, like using an octave pedal or something, just to kind of push through the mix. 
And, you know, Freak on a Leash is kind of the classic example that's got those very high ringing sustained notes and it's everywhere in their music. Uh, so yeah. I suppose them, them and Steve Vai, Steve Vai would be a, a big whammy pedal user as well, wouldn't he? Or yeah. Like so, so if we, if we back it up a little bit, it's actually the, the evolution of these things is kind of interesting. So as you mentioned, we start with kind of that octave pedal, um, you know, from the, the late sixties, Roger Mayer, the octave fuzz thing. And then we're, we're moving on and there's not really a whole lot that evolves. Basically what happens is with any one of these pedals, the guitar signal comes in and then it reproduces it, whether it's an octave higher or an octave lower, whatever, or even this harmonizer. So in the kind of mid eighties, Eventide came out with these massive rack mounted harmonizers. And yeah. this was a big thing for Steve Vai. So this is, you brought up Steve Vai, figure this is probably a good place to go. Steve Vai is using these rack mounted harmonizers by Eventide, multiple of them um, on Passion and Warfare. And it creates yeah. some absolutely bizarro sounds, you know? So when you're listening to that album, those absolutely crazy things that you're hearing all throughout because he uses it on almost every song <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean if he's you know spent that money getting like this effect you know it's a it's not just a pedal it's a rack mounted unit might yeah. as well get your you know your money's worth but the whammy pedal what's interesting about that and so for those of you that don't know or who've never used it um that's something so after passion and warfare he adopts this idea of uh or he he comes across this whammy pedal it's the pedal comes out in 93 i believe you can hear this on his alien love secrets album but what the whammy pedal does is it also it's not just so much that it acts as a harmonizer but it allows you to go from one particular note and shift that note up to a third or a fifth or even an octave and I think some of the later versions, it's two octaves, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So yeah. you you can do all sorts of different things. So you're able to step on that, on the expression pedal and really push it back and forth between the original sound and then all the way into that harmonized interval. So, and then of course you've got a blend knob and all that fun stuff too. But um, yeah, so for Vi, that's come, he's using that on his 1993 um well 93 is sex and religion i guess and then 94 <laughs> yes yes of that's, course he has an album was, called sex and religion yes of course i was waiting for it there yeah it that's uh it's the one with uh devin townsend is oh that yes one as well so which is that's weird i'm not gonna lie and then uh alien love secrets is 95 so that's really where he's using that at the same time obviously tom marillo as you mentioned corn um anyway those yeah. are kind of the the big ones that are introducing this idea of the whammy pedal which i think is usually what we think of when we think of that but there are so many other things out there now that do more than just the 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 whammy wah pedal yeah <laughs> the one that we you know the big massive you know takes up half of your pedal board the big red brick yes um, yeah so i suppose from there we should kind of maybe shed some light on because there i was a little bit before going into doing some research for this topic just in terms of like the different varieties of when you go into like pitch shifting even if you go on the electro harmonics website you were saying how many pitch shifting pedals are there 
they say on their own website that there are 16 and we are lumping anything that's an octave generator into that as well so. <laughs> too many too many pedals too many but, uh, yeah like, but you know they, they probably all do the same thing but i i think in terms of like you know there are so many companies that do this and i suppose they all have their own different spin on what is essentially you know with overdrive you've got a lot of different types of overdrive you've got a lot of different types of delay but with pitch shifting you know you can make it fuzzy you can there's only so much you can do with it so i suppose going into that we should talk about maybe what so we've got three kind of categories here you've got the pitch shifter you've got the octaver and you've got the harmonizer so i suppose yeah, like yeah. with the octaver that's kind of the classic it basically just blends your guitar signal with the exact same signal but played an octave up or an octave down yeah yeah so i mean here we got you know i remember playing around with the tc subbing up have you ever had one of those it's like you know this it's basically like you know it goes up or it goes down and it yeah. doubles your signal and it's fun you know it's like i remember playing some wolfpack songs where it's like oh right it's like the bass is doubling what i'm doing but it's just me and it's fun yeah but you know i, I think apart if you're not jack white i think that i've always found the octaver to be like apart from like simulating a bass line underneath this what are the uses for this apart from thickening out the sound yeah, that's kind of an interest, especially for for an octaver. That's kind of an interesting question. Uh, but I, I mean, that's really part of it. That's I, <laughs> that's it. It is, it is thickening out the sound, right? Like, um, it's not so much a harmonizer. Now there are things like I have a, a bit commander from. Oh gosh, why? Why can't Earthquaker. I think of it? Thank you. Sure. So, yeah. so the Earthquaker Bit Commander is, um, you know, it's also a distortion pedal too. So it kind of adds that extra little bit of, but with the octave up, octave down, and then it does have a sub octave. So two octaves down um, can low. create some, some really like heavier sounds would probably be a good way to put it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I so I, that as well. yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, I, I think with basically with the, the octave pedal, really what you're trying to do is you're just trying to kind of add something a little more to it. You can hear it in a lot of Rush solos too from kind of that late 70s, early 80s period. So those are other examples, but yeah. I suppose but, I could see the appeal, like if it, there's only, if you're in a band like Rush, which is a three piece, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, you're in a two piece like the White Stripes, the Black Keys, and you do want a thicker sound because, you know, you need something to kind of cut through the mix a little bit more. So, you know, there's like the Pog, there's the Sub Up, there's the Earthquaker devices. They have one called the Tentacle, which is apparently really good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll kind of do the same thing. And then you've got like the pitch shifter, which you've spoken about, like the whammy pedal. But one thing I've found really interesting, also made by Digitech, uh, the creators of the whammy, is it's called the drop. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. So basically, it's just, I've seen it for, so basically, <laughs> I went to a new metal tribute band night, which was like so much fun, but it involved, <laughs> it involved all the, you know, the guitarists on stage to switch between all these different dropped tunings. So this pedal just drops your tuning. So you can like, oh, so you're okay. in standard, but you yeah. can make it sound like you're in like drop B or whatever Slipknot playing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Which is like, I think it's really handy. I mean, if you want to, uh, you know, it's like the reverse capo, you know, it'll, it'll <laughs> just 
take you down as as long, as far as you want to go down and i think that's like really handy i think in terms of like if you're getting creative or say if your example if you're you know your vocals aren't up to something you can just drop it down and not have to detune because detuning can wreak havoc with your guitar oh my gosh well and it's uh i this is fascinating so i've i've heard about this i haven't actually seen one of these um now that now that you're talking about it but it's uh i think it's pretty impressive that it can that the technology is now at a point where it can do this so i had some multi-effects pedals that were supposed to do things like this in um you know in the early 2000s and they just weren't very good there's no other way to put it you know it, it wasn't like it was a it was supposed to make your guitar sound a whole step lower or something like that but it was just it was kind of slow yeah there was a lot of latency it didn't sound very good but my understanding is these things are amazing they sound fantastic you can't yeah. tell there's almost no latency like it's it's incredible so the, yeah. just the amount that the technology has moved on in this short amount of time is pretty amazing isn't it i mean just in terms and then you've got more like the thing is with the pitch shifters like you pointed out with the whammy a lot of the times because you're hitting certain notes right you're not doubling the sound of the guitar you're basically just changing the signal to a designated pitch and for this you need something like an expression pedal so you know basically like that has the what's the the sweep that's the word i'm looking for so you can basically change it so like the boss ps3 i've actually played around with one of them before but it's just like there is no expression pedal you have to buy that separately so it's like it does one thing but you it doesn't give you as much as you know control over what it does mm-hmm. and apparently through some research i've heard the electroharmonics pitchfork is really good as yeah. well and the more pitch box they all cut they all you know it's the same thing but you know some of them are a bit more user friendly than others and so we've got we've done octaver and pitch shifter and just one more that I think we should cover is the harmonizer. Now, this is something that is very much, uh, it, it, it's very much a vocals thing. It, this is really taken over for, I've seen like solo acts who want to double their vocals and, you know, create sort of like a choir or a sound, yeah, you know, like yeah. the whole Bonnie Bear thing, you know, when that took over, that was a real sound that was in for, for a while. And you see a lot of buskers around town in Galway using it um, just to kind of double up the effect. But I suppose you've got like the boss harmonist, like the harmonizer essentially just sounds like a bunch, like multiple instruments all playing in harmony. And yeah, I yeah. suppose, I suppose this would appeal more to like solo guitarists than anything else. Cause you know, it, it, it does one thing and it, what it does is it's just basically harmony. It, it's the Lizzie sound. You know, it's yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the dual effect sound. I can't really think. I mean, like, I feel that for this episode, we needed to talk about pitch shifters a little bit because, you know, it's kind of down the chain after like overdrive and distortion and delay and reverb. You kind of do have to talk about them a little bit. And um, I think, but it is a really interesting topic. Radiohead as well, you know, use them extensively in terms of like the, the Octaver and the Whammy. They just really are able to kind of use those effects to, to really good use and i think dave gilmore has used the, the some sort of pitch shifting before but i need to do some more research yeah, on that. i would as well on that one yeah even the edge sorry but like hold me thrust me thrill me kill me kiss me <laughs> there. Such a hold hold me, frisk it's me. the most ridiculous fucking sorry pardon me um, yes. <laughs> song title ever and i'm yeah. glad oh i got that gosh. Yeah, <laughs> but at the end of the start, the it's like a you know he doesn't need a whammy bar. It's just it's all done on the pedal. Yeah, 
and the uh, elevation, I think, is one that uses it on as well. But, you know, the edge uses every effect yes. somewhere. Somewhere, <laughs> in the somehow. In yeah. The it's uh, so, yeah. so is, as far as the, the harmonizers go, too, this is, this is a big thing that electroharmonics has picked up on. And we were briefly talking about that, too. But you've got, like, the hog um, and the hog, too. <laughs> yeah, the, the hog is a $530 pedal. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's it crazy. As, as they put it, 10 totally polyphonic and glitch-free voices ranging from two octaves below to four above your instrument's pitch. So, I mean, there if you're you have spicy, it. Like, I just, I look at the, like, you know, it's funny because electroharmonics really did kind of, they are one of the most, especially within this area of guitar pedals, they are very respected, you know, with the memory man and, yes. uh, the, you know, the, the, the pitchfork and all of this stuff. But I mean, I just think it's so niche in terms of the sound. Well, they've got these ones that all sound sort of like synthesizers, right? Like the Super Ego or the Mel9. And, and these are all pitch shifters as well. But they're, as you say, they're very niche. Like how, <laughs> how often is your average gonna, guitar player going to need to sound like a synthesizer, you know? I know. From and, uh, the 60s? Yeah. <laughs> the 60s <Yeah>. synthesizer? <laughs> Or a Fender Rhodes, like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Or a pipe organ. Like it's like why? Just leave it alone. <laughs> you know, get an oh organ player. <laughs> um, but that said, I could go down. You know, there re it really is a rabbit hole in terms of like going down these YouTube demos and be like, oh, that sounds cool. But, it does you know, sound cool. And but then you I have to start unlimited amount of money. <laughs> yeah, then you have to start a band that sounds like it. So I watch it from afar. So you're kind of, you know, that that that's too much effort. That's oh my gosh! Yeah. For no kidding. Um, no, I think I think it is cool to, that we have discussed these and their place. I think with pedals like this, unlike the delay and the reverb, I think you really do need to be able to fit it within a much bigger musical. You know, you have to play use it with a band. You kind of yeah. unless you're you know there, it has to be part of some bigger musical context because you know I think you know with reverb, say for example, you can just play solo guitar and it can do so much. It can add so much in thickening up the sound. But with some of these, you just sound a little bit like a tool if you just use it by yourself. <laughs> if, if you don't really have a context for it, yeah. That's, that's my, I, my final thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I, I think these can be really useful in small situations, though, too. Um, I think it's just a matter for the average guitar player justifying the cost of a yeah, $130 exactly. pedal. <laughs> or a lot of these synth machines that Electroharmonics produces, you know, they're in kind of the $200 range, which is not outrageous for your average pedal. But at the same time, you know, if you've got 200 bucks, there's probably a delay or an overdrive that would better suit your sound than necessarily buying a, you know, a, a C9 organ machine from Electroharmonics. That's two hundred and forty-seven dollars. So, yeah, God. <laughs> you know. uh, no, no, uh, it's it's a no from me. But no, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. And it sounds sweet. fantastic. You know, it does. You know, if if you get the chance, try it out. Is what I would say. But uh, I mean, like, yeah, for two hundred forty-nine dollars, you could probably get like you know organ lessons or something like that. You know, right. <laughs> So where do you want the money to go? Um, cool. This was fun. 
the, the point of these mini episodes is to make it as kind of a, a brief discussion about our thoughts and, you know, a little shed a little light on uh, these topics that can seem a little bit overwhelming because when you try and go down research it online, there's just so much information out there. So we kind of like to condense uh, what we know and the, the brief bit of research that we've both done. So um, yeah, this was fun. We're probably going to park it now with the uh, effects discussions for the mini, mini episodes for a little while because, you know, we've kind of run out of them. <laughs> I mean, we could go down tremolo and all that's route, but maybe we should leave that for another time. So I think we're going to talk about a few genres coming up. And um, we're talking about like, you know, how different genres use guitar and, you know, the, the role of the guitar within different genres. Because, you know, we talk about rock and blues and metal a lot, but there's other stuff out there. And we need to broaden our horizons. Because you know, as a guitar player, it's very easy to get stuck. You know, you're listening to Steve Vai. You just, you know, <laughs> you get stuck. <laughs> Um, friends if you would like to reach out we are sharpen that x at uh, sharpen that x at gmail.com surprisingly nobody had taken that uh, email address and if you have ideas for discussions or guests you'd like us to interview please send us an email and yeah that's 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 basically it hit us up at sharpen that x on instagram as well and john it's very early where you are you need to get on with your day so i'm going to leave you to it but uh this was fun and yeah anything any closing thoughts no, I n- never do. I never have any closing thoughts. <laughs> you or, never do, but I always like to ask. I feel it's yeah. polite. Uh, go. You should go and caffeinate, and we'll, we'll regroup next week. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Stay sharp.